Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2021, everyone. Thank you for watching and listening to the Spidey Dude Experience. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to our Patreon page and our Patreon.com subscriber, Vinkman. Thank you for your support. And if you see want to see what all the fuss is about, head over to Patreon.com slash Network for more information. Be sure to check out our episodes of our other shows, such as Amazing Spider-Man Classics, Clone Saga Chronicles, and Spectacular Radio, which has a new episode that came out this past Monday. Also, we'll have new episodes of Make Mine Mayday. They'll start resuming next week. The show devoted to the sensational Spider-Girl. So we also want your voice to be heard. We want to let your voice be heard. We have voicemails on the docket for Clone Saga Chronicles and Spectacular Radio, but we'd love to hear from you for this show. And there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Of course, you can go to our email address, if you prefer, is network at gmail.com. Or if you want to have your voice actually on the show played live, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. Just be sure to tell us what show you're calling about. Keep it under three minutes. And we'll also say where you're from and we'll play it live on the respective shows. Also, if you can, leave a review on your favorite podcatcher. We'll do our best to read it live on air in a future uh, feedback episode. So for those listening to the audio version, I want to just ask you to excuse our references to visual aids and to our live comments as these shows are live streamed on our YouTube page, also on our Twitter and Facebook pages. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube page and just search into YouTube for Spidey Dude Radio Network on there. Thank you for listening, of course, and watching, and enjoy the rest of this show. Hello, everybody. I'm Zach Joyner, webmaster of Spidey-Dude.com and the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Also, I'm the executive producer of the aforementioned shows. In this episode, we are jam-packed. Our first episode of Spidey Dude Experience here on 2021, and we've got a big cast of characters. And I'm really excited to bring them to you. First up, hailing from the East Coast, he's Greg at From Erie. Now, <laughs> uh, the ep- uh, of course, he's the co he is the host of the Spectacular Radio. Obviously, I mentioned that show, that episode that dropped on Monday, where him and I talked about the penultimate episode of the Spider-Man cartoon, Spectacular yep. Spider-Man cartoon. Yes, we did. And tune in this coming Monday for our final interview with Greg Wiseman and Vic Cook for the show. It's on fire. It is on fire. It is the biggest interview we've done yet. Not just a single hour, folks. It is two hours. We we brought out all the stops for this, the first part of our finale. And of course, uh, be sure to leave us feedback at that voicemail line. Also, spectacularradio at gmail.com is the email address for Spectacular Radio. Also, those of you who keep wondering why the show hasn't gotten a third season, it's going to be answered in exhaustive detail. Let's just put it this way. I will probably be isolating that audio and using that as a sound clip from now until the end of time. So, <laughs> so next up, we're going to flip coasts. We're going from the East Coast to the West Coast, and we got P. Thuggin. What's up, oh. guys? What's going on, Spidey people? Yeah. Spidey warriors. You can also find Paul on the MCU Fan Show, Comic yes. Binge Podcast, and the yes. Star Wars The Saga Continues Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. Uh, I had a pretty crazy Christmas time, but uh, yeah. Having, uh, uh, tr- having fun. 
Trust me. I don't know if anybody had more of a crazier time than me, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Finally, uh, also next up, we got from the also from the West Coast. We've got Adam's last remains. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> hey guys. Oh. Hey guys. This is like, hey, hey guys. Uh, what's going on? Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Adam's always always a good time. All right. All next right. up, we got Neil from the Bogan Rider Variety Hour. It's a crab dance. I want to die. All right, how's it going? Neil is one of our. Usually, we just have two Texans, but this time, this episode, we have three. For the first time on the Spidey Dude Experience, he's your friendly neighborhood, Javi. Hey, everybody. What's up, Javi? What's up, going? Oh, man. So welcome to the madness. And also, there is somebody patiently sitting behind me because we do have an announcement to make. And I'm going to blow myself up for a brief second. But you there was something it. that happened during our break that I feel we need to at least discuss for a brief second. We got Sarah, for those that are listening to the audio version. And she's got something to show everybody. That is, yes, I liked it, so I decided to put a ring on it. To uh, I can't put my hand up during single ladies anymore, guys. <laughs> and I'm really not honestly sad about it. I, I, I can I can now say it's this like on the record. Beyonce, but with an F now. I, I can I can say this on the that's record that's now. now. Yay! Well, it, it's been a it's been awesome. Sarah has met both Javi and Neil this last crazy 2020 year and so love them both we love our tech we love you and javi is especially awesome and i'm going to talk about that later but i'm very excited we're very excited we've kind of got a date for next year uh 2022 awesome, yes it is awesome you are you are amazing in, it, in fact, you're spectacular. Let's put it that way. That's <laughs> oh, we're not going to go through this entire cycle again, are we? <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. So um, we're going to kind of go through several things. We, we are going to end the 2020 comic book season with ASM this episode. You are dismissed. Okay, goodbye, friends. Have a good Bye, show. Bye, Sarah. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. I'll probably hop on in the comments later. There you go. Um, thank you for the support. So we're going to be covering the final two issues of Last Remains this episode. But we want to do a couple of things first. First up, well, what'd you get for Christmas? (laughs) And if you got anything Spider-Man or comic book related, just let's talk about it. So, Neil, did you get anything? No. Santa Claus. You got a lump of coal. Well, I, okay, I got a rice cooker, but that's not really comic book related. There you go. Well, but, hey, that's fine. I I do have something that I that I was gonna get for Javi. I'm gonna I'm heading back to Austin tomorrow, so on my way out, I if it's still there, I'm planning on swinging by and getting it. Well, well there you go. Mm, I wonder what it could be. Javi is very interested. Oh, I didn't mean to kick Javi. Out. <laughs> my bad, Javi. Oh my god. <laughs> You've Did been you uh, get anything fun for for, uh, for Christmas? Uh, comic wise, I got some Captain America stocking or socks in my stocking. That's cool. If that makes any sense. 
Uh, my <laughs> yeah. brother-in-law got me the Lego Batwing, which I'm Ooh. four hours in, but I'm only on the fourth set of bags, and there's 13 sets. Ouch. Nice. So that's going to take a while. And uh, my big gift from Brooke was a tie, which may not mean a lot to a lot of people, uh, but this is a special tie. This is from Turnbull and Asser. Uh, they've been making ties since 1885 in England. They are the royal shirt maker uh, to Prince Charles. And this is oh. a tie that they brought back. It was seen in 1997 on Pierce Brosnan uh, in his mission briefing and when he arrives in Hamburg and Tomorrow Never Dies. So wow. it is it's not boring. just a tie. It's not just it's a tie. It's the tie. <laughs> it's, it's a Pierce Brosnan, James Bond tie that's handmade in England. There are like 10 people working and they make 20,000 ties a year. Just these wow. 10 people at a shop. And it's, it's an incredible piece of like sartorial heritage. And I am, if, it, if I was only going to get one thing, this was like the thing. And it's amazing. I've never had a tie this awesome. So thank you, honey. I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Paul, you got something in the background. Oh, we can't hear you, buddy. Let me unmute you. I thought it was I thought it was heavily breathing. <laughs> wow. No, 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 no heavy breathing today. But uh, at least for right this second. No, right now we've got uh, I got a lot of things for Christmas. My wife spoils and rotten every year. And I'm very, very lucky to have someone who does that for me. And what I did get when I wanted, I didn't realize she went above the extra mile. Well, as you can see here, I've got Fantastic Four issue one poster that uh, that this is, you know, obviously that started the whole thing off, right? This started the uh, the MC or the MCU, the MCU, and everything we all love today is all because of Fantastic Four uh, issue one with uh, yeah. you know with uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby, and it's a Without it, we wouldn't get Spider-Man. So uh, I, I need to have an important piece of what is that background noise? What is going have, on back there? I have no, I have no idea. That would be me knocking something <laughs> over in my office. Sorry. <laughs> what is that? I was like, like Javi, you're off the show. <laughs> you're off the show, Javi. I still love you. No, um, but yeah, but this is a, this is probably the, the biggest like Marvel gift I would say. I did get uh, Marvel's monster size version uh, mm. for uh, for my birthday. Uh, last week so that was pretty cool that was pretty cool nice yes yeah i had i had my birthday and christmas kind of hit around so uh i i, I got I, I get i get double whammied every and at the end of every year so i also share a birthday with stan lee fun fact december 28th all right greg what'd you get for christmas buddy uh comic related i got the uh marvel legends three pack which featured nimrod a uh, psylocke and that one character in the white coat who I don't know the name of or who he is. Phantom so. X. <laughs> Phantom X, yes, yes. Well, it could also, it could also be Mr. Nemesis. True. <laughs> I don't know who that is either. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you got Greg, Marvel what? legend. Greg, yes, send, it to me when, send it to me when the show's over. I'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. I, I'll definitely be doing that. And um, the mo my favorite Christmas gift, though, was, um, and this shows how old I'm getting, was this bathrobe I got, which is the most comfortable thing I've ever worn. So there you go. <laughs> it's you, nice. you, are, you are old, buddy. Yeah, but really what's going on, though, is that my family at the beginning of December had a COVID scare. Two of us, me and 
me being one of them, quite literally had to social distance and lock ourselves in our room for two weeks. It was scary. And when we got the ne- the news that we tested negative, it was like this great weight lifted on our, off of our shoulders. So when Christmas came along, we were able to, it wasn't about what we were getting, what we didn't get. We were just grateful for our health that we were able to sit down and have a nice dinner. And really that's what's important in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adam? Yes. Um, you, did you get anything fun for Christmas? I got Spidey related. I got this thing. It's like a Lego spider cycle, whatever that was, it is. That was that from like the TV show or? Uh, I, I honestly don't know. He's got the, uh, he's got that, the fourth, um, the, oh, the all new, all different suit. Yeah. He's got the all new, all different suit. It came with, um, it came with this Doc Ock, which I think is actually a pretty cool Lego thing of him. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a, that's Spidey related. That's kind of it. Um, I got like a little pin too, and that Spidey related. That's kind of that's kind of all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll round this this segment out. So I, I probably got the most Spidey stuff because you guys sent me stuff, which is <laughs> awesome. Kelly uh, sent me this wonderful Spider Ben mug. Uh, I am using it right now. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, I am wearing also a shirt that she got me. That's the Scarlet Spider. You might have noticed that there was music and stuff playing in the background when I was doing my intro. It's because I got this wonderful soundboard from my dad. This was my big Christmas present. You'll notice the uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 uh, Matt. Uh, poster back there beautiful poster it was the biggest th- pain in the butt to try to haul in a prius home six and a half hours so or seven <laughs> hours. oh i can um, imagine it was uh, we were packed in like oh. sardines it was it was not not fun uh but i also got a lot of marvel legends and if you know me i'm a big marvel legends guy me too uh as you can tell me and greg are big marvel marvel legends fans i got uh, x-man Nate Gray, uh, it's the only one from the way uh, the Age of Apocalypse wave that I wanted because I am a fan of Tom DeFalco's Amazing Spider-Man and his second run. Was I knew Burrow. that was why. I knew that was why. <laughs> <laughs> I also got uh, probably the the new big bad for the MCU, uh, the comic version of Kang, Conqueror. I still say it's going to be Doctor Doom, but we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, these are still in package. I got the Black Cat. Uh, from the 90s show, and then also the Cyborg Spider-Man 90s car, retro card. Uh, got that from Tar- the Target exclusive one. Got Mysterio and the other Target exclusive uh, Negative Zone Spidey. But probably the most shocking and most thoughtful gift that I got that wasn't an engagement, I just was not expecting this at all, was this wonderful piece of artwork that I got from Javi. This is why he's awesome. And if you're not, if you're listening to us on the audio, this is a page of the, the colors being done from spectacular Spider-Man 217, The one of the last pages of the birth of a Spider-Man backup from that particular comic. And it's just gorgeous. The colors are gorgeous. 
and it is going to get framed and I'm going to figure out a place to put it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and it will be back there for posterity. Now, if you're, if you're not looking at our background, you're listening to the audio. I got Paul Bettany's head right above my head signed and autographed. I got that last year. Right also above my head, I got uh, that one that wonderful poster from the 10th anniversary get-together that Vic Cook and them put together and sent uh, Greg. Greg sent that to me, so thank you again, Greg. Did Javi get his yet? He has not gotten his yet because Javi had a scare and we were socially yeah. distancing. Right, okay. <laughs> but Javi so, is getting it at his. At uh, so, so Javi can relate to my story. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you're all, well, we're glad you're all right, Javi. Thanks, man. Listen, I, I narrowly missed getting the Rona because my dad is fighting it right now. He just got a oh, no. treatment. Oh. Um, he got treatment on Monday, the covalent uh, treatment with the plasma. He feels a lot. He felt a lot better. Um, you know, he didn't have shortness of breath or anything. He just could not get warm and was fighting, you know, the circulation issues that have been happening with people. So he's been uh, he's not healing up as fast as he wants, but he's doing a lot better now. So he's, uh, but we, we just barely managed to miss. I, I uh, got out of my 10 day quarantine and, uh, haven't had any symptoms at all. So it's, we've been very fortunate. Uh, Sarah also got the vaccine. So if you get an opportunity to get the vaccine, I highly encourage you to do that. Um, and working so, on it. Yeah. So thank you guys again. Thank you to, to Kelly to uh to hobby and then of course sarah got me way too many action figures and she's about (laughs) to lose her mind also i had one of the coolest things i got to meet tommy aka jason david frank and i got my my uh white ranger uh autographed as well as a couple of autographed comics um and got to meet him he came up all the way up to my neck of the woods in texas and it was very, very cool. Um, everything was social distanced, but uh, he was really awesome. It was it was cool to get a picture and him say, let's morph. And my six-year-old self about crapped his pants. So I've uh, got a JDF story. That, that was graphic. <laughs> I mean, granted, I've never really watched Power Rangers. I know who he is. I have a friend who really likes Power Rangers. But I did meet him once at New York Comic Con. I was online actually for Bruce Boxleitner because I'm a huge Babylon Five fan, and JDF was sitting a couple row tables down, and he started pumping up the crowd, really pumping up the crowd. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, the guy has a lot of charisma. Seems like a really cool guy, and then he hugged Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. Yeah, he, he. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a much of a fan of comics and stuff as, as we are, and that's. He's actually going to different comic shops and um, mm-hmm. as part of like a Mighty Morphin initiative that to help these smaller shops get some attention and 20% Good. of the proceeds that he that he raises actually goes to back to the shops. So Good. Oh, you, that's cool. You really know, cool of him. Really, really Christmas, nice not, of him. Not a Christmas gift, but I just found this. It's like a weird uh, ice pack that you put <laughs> on your spine and it, and it <laughs> folds. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. It's got all these little balls in it. It is cool. You got a lot of balls there, buddy. Oh, no. Uh, oh, anyway, no. So I'm going to go. I'm going to really. Comment right quick. SoFlo says, hi, Zach and everybody. Vinkman says, hello, hello, hello. Hi, Vinkman. He was admiring your Marvel Legends shelf, Greg. Oh, cool. 
Ryan Reed said he says hey. evening, everybody. Ryan, thanks for watching again. Be on for a bit school tomorrow after all. Yep. Yeah. Nick says Adam's the man. Is that your buddy, Nick? Yeah, thanks, Nick. <laughs> it's the West Coast order of the web there, SoFlo. Oh, uh, yeah. they were saying oh. hi to Sarah and congratulations to me and Sarah. And Nick goes, getting serious up in here. And then some emojis from Ryan about getting married and with wheat cakes. Nice. And then he had to unfortunately go. Uh, SoFlo got a nightlight for Christmas, which is pretty cool. Uh, by the way, check out SoFlo Entertainment on YouTube. If you have not checked that out, I highly encourage you to do so. Nick uh, also says, Godspeed in the, my dad's recovery. For Christmas, he got himself the... Uh, uh, Vinkman got himself the original uh mego dolls of batman and robin as well as the 12 inch christopher reeve doll for 1978 awesome impressive and i met he vinkman goes i met bulk and skull at rhode island comic-con a few years ago and they were in character the entire time that's awesome i I, we still will use until the until the bitter end on csc we will use the bulk and skull theme for (laughs) bloopers because it just fits so moving on from that we do have something that me and javi wanted to talk about real quick so there's a big announcement boom boom what is the big announcement well so we are slowly re-releasing all the asm classics episodes and there's 42 i think if you include the vietnam a go-go episodes isn't it nice that someone preserved that sh- that great podcast? Yes, that that's all. This is all Greg's fault for the for the record. Greg actually downloaded every episode and had him, had him saved on his hard drive, and that was one of the reasons that we have all these episodes. So we've gone back and we've re-released them, and eventually they'll. Uh, I think by February or maybe even into March, we'll have them all re-released. But Javi, we got something. Brewing now here. Do you want to let's talk about what uh, what we're going to be doing moving forward? Well, it's yeah. been a, it's been a long time coming. I've wanted to have uh, a Spidey show talking about the an era that's really close to me because um, I kind of started reading Spider Man at the beginning when I was like five years old. Um, my son, however, has not. Um, I've recently got him one of the Epic collections when he graduated from junior high. Um, but really when he was little, we were reading the adventures of Miles Morales. Ah, so he is obviously he knows who Peter Parker is. He's seen the movies. He's watched a lot of the cartoons, but he's not really familiar um, with the early days. Not like his old man is. So, I uh, messaged Don and John and Josh and got their blessing. And we are going to bring back Amazing Spider-Man Classics 2.0. And there's no way that we're going to replicate what those guys did. They were were phenomenal listens. If you haven't listened to that show, get on it. They're funny. um, They're insightful. um, And I can't reproduce that. But what we're going to do, um, and we thought about picking up where they left off, but that's 50 some odd issues in. At least. 52. Yeah. 52. And that's a lot for my son to handle with high school and everything. Um, for me, for that matter. 
trying to <laughs> catch back up again because it's been a minute since I read them. Right. Um, so we are going to start over at the beginning, and we are going to look at those 60s issues again. But where we're going to be different is the fact that Jack is in high school, kind of, because of COVID. It's not the typical American <laughs> high school experience now since it's all online. But, um, I mean, he's Peter Parker's age when he got bit. So we're going to be looking at these 1962 going forward stories from the perspective of a high schooler in 2021. Oh, that'll be good. (laughs) See how that holds up for him. See how it holds up for me. Um, Because a lot of these, while I read them all the time as a kid, it's still been a while. And to me, they're untouchable. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious to see if I still feel that way, um, you know, from a modern perspective. Right. So it's going to be fun to, to go back to my Spidey origins and share it and, you know, talk about what still works and what what doesn't. And that's going to be a monthly show. We're not going to he's not going to try to do t- twice a month. It's just going to be once a month. And if he feels like he can do more in the summertime when Jack's going to be at at the house more and stuff like that. Maybe they'll do more episodes that way. But for right now, it's just going to be a monthly show. So yes, we're, we're not continuing where they left off. We're not going to sit there and start a new feed. It's just going to pick up from episode 43 and on, and we're just going to continue on with this great show. So you can go back and kind of compare and contrast and listen to those early episodes. We'll link whatever episode covers the, the issue that they're covering and you guys can go back and kind of listen and go back and forth. It's something that, you know, one of the things we tried to do with this network was we wanted to reach other generations and be multi-generational. And this type of program that that Javi and Jack are going to be doing, I think is going to be something that really resonates with a lot of people. So I'm really, really excited. I've been We've been holding on to this <laughs> for a while. Uh, we actually started planning this what back in October of last year, you know, d- discussing it. Um, I don't even remember because COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is yeah. true. You know, not only COVID times, but we've also had the website crash and all that. Yeah, you know, that crisis. Been a lot of roadblocks. There's mm-hmm. been a, it's been a crisis on Infinite Podcasts. Um, but hey, I got that. You understand the reference. Um, but definitely really excited to bring that to you guys and more to come more new shows like forgotten era. It's not been forgotten. It's just in still in development. And there is another show that's going to be related to the network, but I think me and Greg are going to await and announce that on our finale of spectacular radio. So there's a tease. Listen to Spectacular Radio. The one uh, that, I've been ver- that I've been so heavily hinting at that it's not even really a secret, that one. <laughs> it really isn't a secret at this point, but what we, we are going to play the trailer for that new show on the finale. So definitely check that out very, very soon. Probably February-ish uh, is when that's going to be coming out. I don't want to give a specific date yet, but probably February of 2021, the finale of spectacular radio so all right i am going to go back and we're gonna talk about a news topic and uh we haven't done this in a while but uh no we did this three years ago we did this three years ago (laughs) uh i'm so excited i forgot to pull up the link (laughs) 
Oh no! Hobby well, and I get to talk. You... Hobby and I probably get to talk about it again soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah. So Look at you guys. Okay. So Hobby, yeah, I didn't. So excited. <laughs> All right. So Hollywood Reporter is reporting. Oh, here we and go. Marvel.com. It's on Marvel.com. Miles Morales begins his own clone saga in April the twenty fifth. Real quick, this picture here. I, I I have made jokes before that Miles is essentially a carbon copy of Peter Parker at some points, depending on who's writing him. But this takes the cake for the most carbon copy, carbon copy of all. Because right there, you got not Miguel, not Man Spider, and not Spider Side all in one picture. <laughs> Wowee, guys. Look at that. Look at him go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this is okay. So for those that are listening, the audio version, you got this is the cover that, that they released with this press release. You got this very spider side looking guy on the very top right or top left, excuse me. And then in the middle, there's kind of the Miguel looking, but it's really not any different. He just got some extra spikes. And then you got a tarantulaized. Um, it reminds me of um, Doppelganger. Doppelganger. A doppelganger. A Miles Doppelganger, a Miles Man Spider, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is that that's that's what that is so <laughs> just to read from the press release 25th issue of miles morales spider-man comic book series will revisit a controversial piece of spider-man mythology later this year miles morales is visiting one of the most controversial storylines in spider-man history with marvel entertainment announcing that clone saga quote unquote will begin in april's issue of miles morales the original clone saga storyline no this is not true the original yeah, clone saga the original Clone Saga story ran in the 1970s. The second Clone Saga storyline ran from 1994 through 1996 across all Spider Marvel Spider-Man comic book series with an increasingly complicated plot in which Peter Parker was revealed to be a clone of himself only for the original calling himself Ben Riley, temporarily taking over as Spider-Man before it subsequently revealed that Peter was, the, in fact, the original and Ben Riley the clone, but not before multiple additional clones had been introduced and dispatched. This is going to well, be a migraine... <laughs> the so, storyline me if i'm wrong but the 616 peter parker spider-man yes has, has a trilogy of clone sagas wouldn't you say zach yeah because if we're counting conway's clone saga from i believe asm 175 um one, uh, 149 yeah. 149 yeah uh the clone saga that everybody refers to as the clone saga and then clone conspiracy in 2016 yeah. i think it was or 2017 yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so so you have this tri this trifecta, two of which are one of which is a can be considered a wonky and somewhat timeless story. The second, I did an entire show on called Clone Saga Chronicles. <laughs> oh, really? You had to document the entire damn thing. <laughs> Not just document the Clone Saga, but going through and covering all the ancillary stuff that's happened since the Clone Saga. 75 issues or episodes, not just 75 issues, 75 episodes. Um, and then of course, clone conspiracy, which is the low light. I'm sorry, Paul. It's the low light of volume four. It really is. And I hear to defend it. It's Paul there. And the sad thing is, is that Paul there is. I'm pretty sure Paul doesn't like clone conspiracy either, though. Yeah, yeah. He, he's on record saying he doesn't like it. So, so yes. So now we get the fourth 616 clone saga. Paul, I was going to start with you, but what do you think about this? 
Sorry, just it's just been everything's going on for so long. I just felt I was just going in and out, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, uh, what do I think about the clones, uh, Miles' clone saga? Here's the thing it, yes, on the surface, like a lot of things do, they sound not great, and that is something that I think that I for a long time would, would dismiss things. And to be quite fair, I probably probably won't check it out initially unless it gets a huge amount of buzz and people say it's good. But at the same time, I will check it out at some point and maybe it will be good. I have to assume that the writer had gone to the, his editors and said, hey, I have this great idea. Wouldn't it be kind of ridiculous and fun to have Miles' own clone saga? Because here's the thing. Don't you think the editors and Marvel would be like, man, if we do that and it's it, it's a terrible idea, let's not do let's do that and sell it. I mean, I just doesn't. I mean, maybe Marvel editors would do that, but I just don't think I mean, there has to be a legit like story for them to want to do a Clone Saga version for Miles. And I don't think it's going to be this this uneven mess that the clones conspiracy was maybe, or I think, I think clone conspiracy had good intentions, like everything that goes to hell. But the thing is, <laughs> but the, the difference is, is that like, just like the original clone saga, right? I, I think, and I, again, I, one of the reasons why I, I know Zach so well is because, you know, when he did the crawl space, he wasn't on all the time, but I love listening to the clone saga chronicles because I'm a huge clone saga fan, even though, it has moments of complete ass. So, um, <laughs> it does. You know, it does. and that's the thing. And, and so I, I don't think that, do I think this is going to be a great memorable Spider-Man story in the, in the long run? Probably not, mm. but what, what, maybe it'll be good. I, I have to think there's something valuable there for them to give it to clone saga title. And there had to been a, a legit pitch to do this story. And though I have not been kept current with the current miles, uh, series. I've liked a good chunk of what I've read of that series. I haven't loved it, but whatever. I, I did leave at the week. He did have it. Well, last time I read was he he fought like a version of himself. Which was a lot, I was kind of confused. Can, can that. I, real, real quick on that point, can I offer? Can I be a meanie Bobini and do some some pushback <laughs> real quick? Wait, you want to do uh, pushback? I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. You you jumped off the cliff at like the perfect point for me to take over and pop the parachute. So <laughs> not Thanks, not only not only is uh, Miles fighting doing a clone saga like literally the arc after he fought a character who looks just like him, literally named Bootleg. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of my common criticisms of Miles, and I think I talked about this about this with Javi on satellites, was that Miles has like one really iconic story and that's the story about uncle Aaron being the prowler and the rest have been like spot like light Peter Parker stories just recycled with his supporting cast with yeah. some like minor variations and this is exactly the same problem is that we're just getting oh it's the clone saga but with Miles Morales and it's got the ultimate skin all over it so this is this isn't I understand your sentiment, but this is essentially re repeating the same problem we've had with Miles for the past five years in the 616 universe, which is that he's just taking Peter's stories and, you know, kind of lightly repainting them. But I, 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 I don't, I just don't think that. I, I think that you could say that about any superhero out there. It's like, well, Batman's to retread of this or retread of that. If you get down to it, yes, everything's a retread of another thing. And the thing is also for me, 
Miles at least is a modernization of what I think we are as young kids today. I'm not right. I'm not a kid. I'm a 39 year old man, so I have no idea <laughs> what exactly kids go through. But I will say I, I, I will push back and say that Bendis's initial run on Miles, I thought even past uh, Prowler story was pretty damn good, especially when you get to the fact that Venom kills his mom. And there's just a lot of, like, I thought there was a good solid stuff in there. Yeah, but that was undone immediately by Secret Wars. Well, right. But I, but you're talking about Miles in general, right? You're just being a carbon copy of, of, of Peter. Well, I, I just proved that he's not. So, because But again, the, the point that I think Neil was trying to make, Paul, is that with Miles, he, when he had his own separate universe, you can push the envelope in a way that you can't necessarily push that same envelope with the 616. And I think that that is an inherent problem. But go ahead. But I think what by having his own universe, there is a unique quality to Miles being a, le- a true Spider-Man legacy character. And look, I was, and I, I put this in our group chat, I was literally ready to drop this book. And it's not because... I dislike Miles. It's just because just this volume hasn't really resonated with me all that much. There's been a few good moments. I'm not a huge fan of the main artist whose name escapes me at this very moment. Is it is it Javier Garon? Yes. I, I really don't like his. I, I, I love everything. Well he's, well, he's gone. He's doing Avengers now. Oh, is he gone? Okay. Well, yeah, he's I, been I, gone. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't binged, I, you know, because I'm not on crawl space anymore and doing satellites with my two pals, Neil and Javi. I haven't had the need to pick up uh, Miles Morales all that much. And so I just haven't. Um, I haven't. I have a need for Saladin, <laughs> but I I'm not going to lie. My reaction in my head was really simple and, and I can I can do it. Based off of just one sound. I'm not excited for this. And I'm hoping to be to be proven wrong. <laughs> I've been waiting it's, to it's, do this. It's, it's got Car- it's got Carmen Carnero on art, so they've got it's got one good thing going for it, like right out of the gate. Carmen Carnero yeah. has been one of the saving graces of the Miles book for how long has Carnero been there, Javi? Like six months, not counting COVID? Something like that. Yeah, hey, so listen, I, I, the artwork I have seen from from them has been applause worthy. So you're gonna break your soundboard just abusing it like that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, trust me, yeah. I have been playing with this thing all freaking like ever since I got back home. So you know, and, and really quickly, I I think that the debate between what Neil is bringing up is actually an awesome topic and debate, and I would love to go further on to it at some point. Um, obviously not today, but I because I think you're, there's validity to both our arguments. To be quite honest, and I think that that's what I think makes it such a complicated complicated discussion because I think that yeah. it's been handled both ways. To be quite honest, I, I really do. I I don't disagree completely that. That Miles has been, you know, it's easy to write just a real, you know, teenage Spider-Man. Here you go, you know. I mean, we've gotten that before with, with Peter. 
there are some stories out there that have been that have been great. I thought with Miles, and now granted, it's been a while since I've read that original Bendis run, but I remember I remember really loving it. And mm-hmm. I remember um, even in the recent series, and I, I'm so bad with names, but the recent writer who I'm not the biggest fan of, as far as just I don't cling to his work. I did like the Vulture story, the Vulture's granddaughter. I I really like that story. Um, I like the Rhino aspect. So there's definitely yeah. there's definitely things because Miles is not Peter Parker. And I think that is ultimately, in my at least to me anyway, I don't re- I don't look to him as that same character. They're ver- they're vastly different, especially the fact that I think given given that he has his 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 own or his parents, right? He has his own his real parents with him. He's not the adoption angle or the uh, the idea of being orphaned. That's not there, and that is a different story. I mean, it's none. It's not better or worse. But it's just saying that it is a different kind of story, and you can tell different things with that, which, yeah. But anyway, but I think, but Neil, I would love. I know you have your show at one point. I would love to have a discussion about this further because it is a, I think, a really cool debate to be honest. Because I think there's, I think there's validity on both sides. Yeah, and and I and I like I said, I've I've kind of been on the fence with the current runs. So like dipping more, this this feels more to me like oh we're getting something else that is gonna tip the scales further. And and because Javi and I talked about it on the last satellites issue, and I remember Javi was like I don't care anymore because we're, well, do- <laughs> we're just doing the dead uncle story. Saturday I went to pick up new books at the shop. And I read uh, the most recent Miles Morales and immediately messaged Neil. I was like, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> like, like the art was so and and I looked up and I, and and I, I looked, looked up Jack, who was reading like a Sonic comic. I'm like, this art is more advanced there you detailed go. in his Sonic the Hedgehog comic than in Miles Morales. And and I and I went and looked at another and I went and looked at the creative team. The artist was the moon girl artist, like you know, the young adult. Moon Girl. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, that's she did the Moon Girl, or I think it's a she. Not yeah, Tasha, she. Not she was on that Disney Plus show, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was weird that they gave Miles Morales, who like literally just lost his uncle, the, the artist for Moon Girl. So it, it you know, talk about so, talk about talk about visual dissonance. Yeah, it felt so disassociated from the last arc, and the last arc was almost a make or break for me. Uh, just wanting to get some kind of closure and answers that we've been promised for the last three years about what really happened. What are these people? And now King and Black tie in baby. And now we've got King and Black. And then we're going from that into a clone saga from the house of reused ideas, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. They're playing up the fact that it's a clone saga. It's so, I think they they understand that it's, that's why I'm not as like about it because the thing is, it's still let's give it a chance at least give it like at least one issue if it's well, like I'm, I'm, sucker, I'm probably going one. To. if the jackal shows up <laughs> and with spider side 2.0 and then like you know all of a sudden seaward trainer whatever his name is like shows yeah. up and they're like miles we're your parents we biologically <laughs> made oh, you oh with that our- happen actually i, 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 I don't want that to happen 1610 steward trainer shows up and i'm out i'm, I'm yeah. down oh no no i'm just saying like I, give it a chance at least no. see what kind of story you can give us abrams man yeah so uh, my well. faith right now is a little shaky yeah, Abr- oh, secret Abrams man. Uh, so I am going to let I am going to read real quickly the quote from Ahmed, uh, the writer of um, 
the Clone Sagas. Uh, it was Saladin Ahmed is the one that's been writing this this current volume. When Peter Parker faced his own Clone Saga years ago, he was talking about what already in what was already one of the most iconic traditions in comics, the hero battling a version of themselves. Since the very first issue of Miles Morales' Spider-Man, I've known I wanted to put Miles through the, that iconic ringer in his own distinctive way. Moments from the past will come back to haunt Miles, and the events of the story will ensnare everyone from his baby sister to a Peter Parker who knows a thing or two about dealing with clones. So I'm going to... Uh, so that's that's that, and let's move forward on that i i think we've we've kind of de- exhausted that debate we next week we're going to dive full into all a lot of news to- topics and we'll kind of maybe talk a little bit more about this maybe we'll get some more information some stuff that we uh, have not covered yet like the new suit and and maybe some uh casting rumors and stuff like that uh so vinkman says he's with andy leland the lee ditko run is the holy bible of spider-man talking yes. about nice. uh asm classics of course, Vinkman says, Spidey experience now with funny sound effects. And Matt Bird from Facebook says, I'm not sure if I would like Miles' Clone Saga either, guys, but I haven't found myself liking Miles really at all, too. Look, if, you don't, if you're not a fan of Miles, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it, he, I really enjoyed his film. I am excited for the Marvel Legends that came out. We'll talk about that probably next I, week. I, I, had a, I had a friend who got the video game, and he invited me over to play it, and, so I, and I enjoyed myself, and he was a good character in that. So it, it's just good. the medium he originated in is stifling his own. Yeah. Mm. The last uh, year of Miles' title has been lacking. It started off strong, but... Mm-hmm. See, yeah. and that... And I think yeah. that's what in I think that's where you have to realize is that I I, I can't speak for the last year because I I like like Javi, I'm not caught up with it, but it initially wasn't terrible. And I think his initial comics were definitely like pretty solid and oh, pretty popular. Are. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's it's a new thing. I think it's more of a newer thing in the medium more than like overall, because he's been a pre- pretty popular character in rising. Uh you know, mm-hmm. there's a reason they brought him in from the in the secret wars or you know from the ultimate universe so that that's just again again another topic for a debate for a future show that i can't wait to have because well, uh, bendis wanted you. to write them so <laughs> I, do, okay. I, do, I do have a confession i'll admit i've never read a comic outside of nick spencer you ever read a Peter comic Parker. that's no way aside from nick spencer's Spider-Man run. I've never read a comic that has. That's it. Oh Miles my God! Morales. What are you on the show? <laughs> I've never read a comic that has Miles Morales in it, and it wasn't o- over some of the usual reasons we heard when he first debuted. I mean, I- I'm not going to name names or point fingers. That's in the past, but there were some really disgusting reactions to him when he was first announced. I think we all remember those, but. Uh. I was a part of one of those disgusting reactions because I was like, "Oh, it's just a, it's just a gimmick." And look, I was pleasantly surprised to be proven mm-hmm. wrong. But I've enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot of the stuff that Bendis did. I thought it per- pushed Ultimate Spider-Man into a new phase, and obviously, an Academy Award later, yes, I was proven very, very, very wrong. Yes. So, uh, and I am happy. Honestly, my my feelings and thoughts have evolved since 2011. I remember being at San Diego Comic Con when they announced it because that was kind of their big announcement that they were making. They're killing off Ultimate Spider-Man. That was they're trying to 
compete with New 52, and New 52 just sucked the air out of the entire comic community that summer. So I remember going, okay, we'll see what happens. But, you know, look, Death of Spider-Man is one of my uh, favorite ultimate stories yeah. on Ultimate Spider-Man, and I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, them bringing Bagley back. Speaking of Mark Bagley, we'll be covering some Mark Bagley drawn issues in two weeks when we will cover uh, today's issue as well as um, – uh, the issue that comes out in two weeks. Yeah. So, but, but 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 before we move on, my reasons for not getting into Miles were, had nothing to do with Miles personally. By that time, I had soured on Brian Michael Bendis as a writer. Now I hear a lot of Miles' early stories are great, especially the Prowler one, which you've mentioned. And so I never resented Miles being around. I understood what he meant to people, and I appre- appreciated and respected that. It wasn't until I saw Into the Spider Verse, which was really my introduction to the character and then the ps4 video game and then the most recent ps5 miles morales game which i also really in, enjoyed so as for miles gain its own clone saga all i can say is i hope it's good i hope people enjoy it yeah i i, I don't actively wish for this to fail by the way no, I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm i don't think any of us do it but that, that that point does need to be made we don't want this to fail it's just look i and this is where my I am a Clone Saga fan, so you got my eyebrow raised, but I got burned so freaking badly by uh, Clone Conspiracy that I have like have no hope anymore. Like, I can imagine. I was there. Like the next, the next time uh, there's a Clone Saga, and co- once COVID's over, Javi, Zach, and I will just be like out smoking cigarettes behind the dumpster of a of an Arby's. Listen, I. Uh, there was nobody more excited that 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 Ben Riley was returning than me. I wanted it for years, oh, and then Dan Slott gave it to me, and he's like, "Monkey's paw, buddy!" Ha <laughs> ha! You got the picture of Bart Simpson. He's like yelling as the monkey's paw figure. It's like girl. it's like me and Wally West. I got him back in Rebirth for like, and then two years later, surprise, he's a killer. <laughs> exactly. Oh, did you read the Future State issue? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Then they reversed it in Speed Metal, where he's awesome again. Only next month, hey Batman, who tries too hard, kill everybody again. So, if you want to hear me and Greg and the entire Clone Saga Chronicles gang just eviscerate Clone Conspiracy, episode sixty-two of CSC is that episode. So, to be honest, I think Clone Conspiracy eviscerated us. It hurt us. We had we had to point on on yeah. Never mind. I was gonna make a SVU joke, but I'm I'm just not going to because that's just bad. Um. So let's move on to the <laughs> to the. It's uh, why we're here. Um, let's go. Let's go to last remains fifty four dot lur. Larry. Yes, Nick Spencer and Rosen Leroy. Uh, we got the, we got this really creepy uh, cover here. For those that are not watching us and watching the visual, or again with the visual cues, we got the issue pulled up here. Um, Nick Spencer's the writer, and uh, Matthew Rosenberg scripted. Uh, Nick Spencer did the plot. Uh, Francito uh, Veneciti and Ta- Feder- Ta- it's, it's, it's Federico Vicentini. Thank you, because I can't I can't do names. And, and then and and Takeshi Miyazawa. Yes, and. Uh, you got the alternate cover. That uh, is that Bagley's cover. Bagley. Yeah, it is Bagley. That's there. a nice cover. 
So yeah, uh, Javi got the Bagley cover. I actually got the standard cover. I should have got the Bagley cover because that's that's a pretty cover. I, I just Bagley honestly, is always the correct choice. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't understand what Gwen is doing and why why just why she's sassy. She's got some attitude. Oh, she left her. Then you, then, you got, then you got like Ani in the background doing like the weekend Starboy pose. Look at that. Yeah, that's Starboy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what, and then and then you got uh, Silk, you know, doing the uh, the the Spider Woman, the infamous Spider Woman pose from a couple of years ago for that one awful. Cover. Oh, the My- the Milo Minara one. Yes. And, and here I was thinking the Mary Jane statue of her doing the laundry. Remember that thing in the country oh. that caused? Oh yeah, no. That, that that takes me back, folks. That takes me back to two thousand and seven. We're old. This is how long I've been doing this show. So after we get a couple of pages from a, a spectacular Spider-Man 200, uh, we then you know have a conversation between Mary Jane you, and... Wait, you know what was interesting about that? They didn't change Harry's dialogue to your stinking boyfriend. <laughs> there was no, uh, there is was it, no revisions. Is, is, it, is it bad, though, that... I th- I was like, hey, that's that's interesting, and I realized, wait, there's probably there was, they were just too lazy to re-edit it. No, I I think that was deliberate. I think that was deliberate. I, I, honestly, I'm with everything it. else that's happened in this arc, I'm pretty sure it's deliberate. No, so yeah, I, but it's it's one of those like residual thoughts of like they've been kind of lazy with, you know, they reprinted it, and I appreciate them reprinting it, but at the same time, it kind of reeks of like they didn't try to make them look the same. <laughs> Since we we're bringing it up right now, I think it's interesting that. They they're like half committing to this idea. Right. In the senior arc, they did um, from the second senior story of how he died, and this we get the yeah. spec yeah. two hundred. But next issue, not to get too ahead, they do flashbacks. But Gleason does the art, but he copies the original panels. Maybe one of them's from a different perspective, but it's still right. the same poses. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that we're getting a full issue here or full pages. And then yeah. later on, the next chapter, we're just getting a panel recreated. It's it's sort of it's sort of like in the Sins Rising Prelude, where they took they reprinted pages from I think Peter Parker's Spider Man number one thirty six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was just felt like really out of place, considering how like depressingly dreary the colors were in the main story. And then you got like these bright flats <laughs> in the yeah. in the Peter Parker one thirty six. Well it's it's just like it's just like Hero with the Spectacular two hundred. It's very much very bright, very bold, uh which was the color palette of that time period. And digital obviously when they bought Malibu and got their color separations department, it, it changed the game. So all right, we got Mary Jane and Norman, Storm and Norman having a conversation. Mary Jane is just tearing him a new one and he's just taking it because it's Norman and he's He's good, Norman. Uh, cut back to... Is he? <laughs> the, that's the question. We cut back to uh, Kindred and Peter back in the mausoleum, uh, c- kind of a recreation of what happened in the la- in the previous issue, 54. We have uh, Sin Eater showing up, and he's about to shoot all of the Order of the Spider. And this, if you don't like the, mul- the dilution of Spider-Man and all these multiple spiders... This might have been your your uh, wet dream because you're hoping that Senator is going to cleanse them all of their spider powers. There, there was a thread on 4chan the day before this issue released, and they're like they're like taking bets on like roll to get this spider character killed. Yeah, yeah, like 
So, I mean, if there was Vegas odds, you know that that uh, Miles and Gwen aren't going to die. But maybe, just maybe, you might see not Madam Web uh, get perished, or Silk's got her own book. Maybe uh, Aranya or you know Spider Woman also has her own book. I don't know why she doesn't have her new costume at all in this entire arc, but for wait, some reason, wait, Anya or maybe this takes place after Spider Girl or Spider Woman Ten. I don't comes out in a few months. It, I honestly so so this actually ties into the news that came out today that Jess is going back to the costume she's in this the, arc. Good. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it was because they just couldn't figure out the editorial continuity with it. They're just like, fine, we're going back to the old one. We hope you're happy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. uh it's been kind we're, of a weird point of contention with this. So there's a big fight that occurs, and Senator is still holding his own. The fact that he's able to take on this many spider characters is because um, he has Moreland's powers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. He's got Moreland's powers. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, the one person that's not fighting is Je is uh, Madam Webb, and she basically says, "What you want to do is cleanse me." And then he basically, then he, uh, Senator gets the precognition powers, sees everything going on, sees that he's just being used as a pawn, and it just like creates a. Um, just a a moment of clarity for the sin eater and he decides that he just can't take it anymore and he realized it was all for nothing and it was all a lie and so then he takes his own life in a very reminiscent shocking panel and then and then the quickening happens and from highlander and uh all the sins start crawling back out and and start going back into the people and so, so real quick it, it's in the letters page but i did appreciate that marvel took a minute after the issue ended to say like senator killing himself is not the answer here is the national suicide hotline i thought that was a very yeah, yeah, yeah subtle yeah. subtle but socially yeah, responsible thing of them to do so uh norman is sitting there having a conversation, having a very evil grin on his face. And I'm, I am going to point this out because it's makes you think, Oh, good old storm and Norman's oh. back. Uh, and uh, so trap has been set and he, re you realize that Norman and Kingpin are working together. And that's the final page of this dot LR. Of course, this then of course, um, uh, Nick Loam did make sure that uh, do the, you know before they get the usual nonsense, they did you know talk about the the severity and the seriousness of suicide. And if you are um, having those type of issues, there is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline eight hundred two seven two seven three eighty two fifty five, and uh, definitely. If you're having those type of thoughts, definitely reach out. Especially, it, it, it's unfortunately especially relevant because you know mental depression rates are skyrocketing in the U.S. because of COVID. So I thought that was very yeah, socially. It, it was very socially conscious of them to put yeah. that, even if it felt a little tacked on at the end. It still felt very uh, relevant and conscious of them. So well, and congr <laughs> congratulations, Mega Corp. You get one clap. <laughs> I've actually uh, seen considering quite a bit, quite a bit in this third season finale of Better Call Saul, when a major character does commit suicide, it cuts to black before the credits, and it features the phone number for the National Suicide Hotline. Yeah, I, I think there's much more of a social conscious of of 
hey, you know, one suicide is is one suicide too many. And and it's very much in character for Stan to do this, considering that's what essentially he did to himself before. It was suicide by cop last time, but yeah. this time yeah. it's much more direct. Yeah. yeah. And, and so also he mentions about about seeing the pages again from Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man 200, which by that point didn't have the Peter Parker title. Um, but you can thank Nick Spencer for its wonderful inclusion here, but thank JMD Mateus for writing it. Salvi Sima for drawing it. Joe Rosen for lettering it. Bob Sharon for coloring it and Rob Tokar for editing it. We're super grateful in the spider office as it's one of their faves. So as it should be. It better be. <laughs> and so join them next week as for the last ASM issue of this crazy year and the climax, quote unquote, of Last Remains. We'll we'll so, talk about the conclusion in a minute. Yeah. So let's go around the horn. Let me let me catch up on the comments right quick. <laughs> uh, I've heard many things about this issue before your review from other sites, yet I've heard the end leaves us hanging. This is Matt Bird, uh, but you know we aren't getting any of the resolution we're getting or wanting is because Casada is still at Marvel Comics. So okay, we're, I I, I want to talk about this talking point because people always say like, oh, because Joe Casada is still there. Joe Casada has like a fraction of the power he used to have. It's yeah. not even it's not even for Marvel Entertainment. I think he works I think he works more with Marvel Studios now than yeah. he does Marvel Entertainment. He got okay okay he got bumped up. The the what you would re refer to in corporate speak is he got bumped up to where he kicked doesn't upstairs. Have he got kicked upstairs. Thank you for your service, but we're going to essentially make up a title. Yes, he still technically has creative chief creative officer. Basically, in, once the schism happened with Marvel Studios and Marvel Entertainment, Joe kind of you know if they if they want his input sure he'll give it he's doing more for the media aspect and less being directly involved with the creative process it, there joe is not going to sit there and try to undermine uh sobolski that's just not you don't want that we've seen that in the past during the clone saga when we had five editors in chief at marvel it didn't work then it's not going to work now so i i, I definitely disagree with that notion because they wouldn't have touched any of the things that they have touched in this storyline. If Joe Casada was there, it's just not, it wouldn't happen Yeah, Like he, he has more of an influence. I think he's taking over Jeff Lowe's position at Marvel TV because he's, he was in the Spider-Man cartoon that just came out. Yeah. Well, the always accurate, never wrong. Wikipedia says, <laughs> uh, <laughs> In 2010, he left his editor in chief role. Oh, I'm sorry. In he left his editor editor in chief role in January 2011, being replaced by Axel Alonso. His position was retitled as executive vice president and creative director in October 2019. Yeah, and and this and this is a problem that isn't just exclusive to, to Casada. People still think Sana Aminat, the person who helped co-create Miss Marvel, is like this all-powerful boogeyman at Marvel. And that's just not the reality of the situation. There are way more moving parts here than just some singular person who cackles and suddenly makes comics worse. That's the not moment, how this works. The, I'm going to tell you right now, the moment that Axel Alonso was relieved of his duties as editor-in-chief, the amount of influence that Joe Casada had was greatly diminished. Because Axel Alonso was one of the last members of his boys club. From yeah, I mean, his editor-in-chief. He was essentially 
able to name his successor, and then his successor got fired. Okay? He didn't get promoted like Joe did. He got fired. And he and left. He went. He's working at like some bitrate third-party publisher right now. Yeah, him and him and uh, J- Bill Jameis are working together now. Great, that's cool. He he landed on his feet. I, I never want to see anybody lose their job because as somebody that's been chronically unemployed for almost over a year, I understand it sucks. So while I disagreed with a lot of what Alonzo did. It's just not a fact anymore. And I think that this this point needed to be made. It's no longer a thing. So getting back to the actual issue at hand. Please, please. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen. Yes. Let's give a grade. I'll start with Greg. What's your grade on this issue? I'll give it a B plus. It wasn't spectacular, but there was also nothing in it that was that was offensive or dumb. It was kind of a setting things in motions issue. I really liked Mary Jane's interactions with Norman Osborne. That was really fun to see. I it's always fun when those two get together. They are two of the most important people in Peter's life for better and for worse. And um, I and I enjoyed the flashbacks to Spectacular Spider Man two hundred, one of my all time favorite issues. And um and like I said, it's just still setting the placemat, so to speak. I mean, pun chosen perfectly because Harry's inviting everyone to dinner. Guess who's coming to dinner? Again, very much in the vein of JMD Mateus, but we'll get to that definitely yeah. next issue. Yeah. Um, Neil or Adam, what's your grade, real quick? Uh, I think I'll give it a B. I pretty much agree with what Greg said. Like, it's it. It sets things in motion. It ends the uh, it ends the LR stuff, which it's like okay, that's fine. Sin Eater's gone. All right, that had to happen somehow, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, it was it was good. It was it was it was solid. I like <laughs> I liked the uh, personally. I liked I liked the previous LR issue better. That one had me more excited because it had like a lot more. It was setting up stuff, and it's like oh, there's more, there's more stuff that's you know hinting at things that we've been uh, you know thinking about with this run going forward. Like, what is this all going to culminate into? And that got me more excited than this one, kind of, because this was like, okay, they finally fight Sin Eater, and uh, the trap is being laid for Kindred, which you know, it's all that. That's fine, but I don't know. It was just kind of, it was just, it was good, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't extraordinary to me. So yeah, B. The art is good. I like the art, and um, yeah. Javi, what's your grade? Uh, I kind of waffled between a B and a B plus on this. Um, the art wasn't seamlessly blended together between mm-hmm. three artists, actually. Yeah. Uh, if you want to count our pal Sal, but just seeing Sal's art kind of gave it uh, a bump. I was happy to see Miyazawa back doing uh, Spider Gwen, even if it's not her own solo book. And the cliff, it was great to see Mary Jane have more of an influence this time out. And, and the cliffhanger was 
uh, you know, shocking to see because it ties everything back to issue one where we saw yeah. the kingpin. Um, so it's always good to have a, a twist with Norman Osborn in your big Spider-Man epics. And something I noticed today when I was rereading these before we recorded, um, Mary Jane's wearing a green coat, which if you look at the new Marvel legend, if you swap out Gwen in her death suit with the MJ head, there's, there's a similarity there. Yeah, that's basically little, what she's wearing in the, yeah, there's a little the foreshadowing of what MJ is wearing in this issue you know, subliminal hint that maybe it's not going to go so well for her. Never wear a green coat. If you're a female love interest of Peter Parker's and, and with a goblin story. story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, Neil. Okay. So I'm going to give this one a B. I could be maybe argued into giving it a B plus, but I'm, I'm thinking in the scope of the entire arc ver as, as well as a single issue. Um, I think once again, I think Javi struck it right that it was like, it was good to see a Miyazawa again, especially because she's going to be doing the Silk Mini that comes out in March. Um, but she and Vicentini have like very few similarities in terms of their art style. I need to move closer to the center. Um, and and, and, and they harsh and they, they clashed horribly against uh, Sal Buscema's art. So it just felt really weird. Not even just in terms of color, just in terms of how they draw their line art. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I think that this was relative compared to the other ones. This one felt much more important to the overall Last Remain story rather than just being its own separate autonomous arc. This one felt like it was actually relevant, and I appreciated that because we've kind of just been going along these dot lr issues. Like, well, okay, what am I? What's the point of these? Like, I, they introduce things, but they're not really tied too closely to the main story arc. Um, I think the fight scene with Senator was a little drawn out and they yeah. kept, but it, it was good to see Senator finally, I guess, got rid of because we thought he was gone in issue 50. Then he comes back and we kind of spend too much time alternating between like three or four separate story beats in yeah. those early issue in those early dot LR issues. And I guess it was just good to, you know, finally wrap it up. If it mm -hmm. felt like a much stronger conclusion that and a much stronger issue on its own than the other three issues, especially in the context of its relevance to the last remains story arc. So uh, Paul, you there? He went to go do family stuff. Okay. I didn't know if he came back yeah, yet he, or not. So oh. uh, I just was reaching out. So we'll, we'll hopefully hear from Paul before the end of the episode again, and we'll, we'll let him give his thoughts. And let him have have the last word, so to speak. Um, so I'm going to give this a A minus, um, or actually, I'm going to give it a B plus. I I kind of waffled, and the only reason that I didn't give it an A minus is that I really enjoyed how effective they used Zen Eater here. Um, the artwork, though, was was very inconsistent, and therefore, what would have been probably A minus writing became a B plus because of the artwork um, being a visual medium. It's very difficult to juggle this many artists, but I also feel like that this was kind of haphazardly thrown together. I think there was a basic plot and it was kind of, I would have said this would have padded the trade. Do you really need the LR issues? No. And I, I think it's very smart on Marvel's part to let fallen order 
be a separate thing. If you want more information, you can read this trade. But it's literally, last, it's literally, it's literally a companion guide. Yeah, it really is. And, and last remains can stand on its own, sort of. Because that, like when they come in later, really is you know it does all tie in at the end, but then it's at the end. <laughs> right. Exactly. So. Obviously, we'll talk about this with the next issue, the next issue, but I was really like, okay, but the cool thing about the LR thing, it's the double-edged sword for me, is that Spider-Man almost went weekly from the end of October <laughs> through the month of November into December. Yeah, we had like one, one week that was we didn't have any books, but it was really cool to have Spider-Man be weekly, and you had essentially 12 or 10 parts, 11 parts that seamlessly flow together. So I, I really appreciated that if you read it as a whole, you get a, you get the full complete picture. However, this is, this was kind of unnecessary. This felt like the spider friends mini series that they attached to it, but they didn't want to call it the spider order or the order of the spider. They, they, they slap amazing Spider-Man on there, even though for multiple issues of this, Spider-Man is, you know, a side character. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is a side character. Um, but Can I, I really... ask a question. Sure. This is the eternal debate that I've been having between people in the Spider-Man community. Which would which uh, dot issues do you think were more necessary, the hunted ones or the last remains issues? Unnecessary. And this, is, and, and this and yeah, like the ones that you felt had the least relevance to the overall plot to the plot of the main story. There were there were more throwaway issues in the hunted point issues. I feel that you can completely eliminate the arcade. You go back and listen to that episode. Uh, you can, can there, there's issues you can completely eliminate and they do enrich the story. At least this side quest was driving elements of the other story. Like the like the Gibbon issue, I think is one of the best issues of Spencer's run. Period. Yeah. But it yeah. technically you don't you don't have to read it to that and Black Cat and maybe the uh, actually I thought the Black Cat one was pretty necessary because it shows how right she got to Peter. But yeah, but but you know of of those to me the, there was particular ones that were necessary. I think the the Gibbons issue is necessary for giving you the depth. And the, the emotional weight and, and the emotional weight for that death scene that happens in the main story. So it does it does bring an element that is in, I think intrinsically important to I think people's enjoyment of, of Hunted. However, mm-hmm. this one it felt like this side quest was designed specifically to to highlight things that were happening in the other book. And the fact that it was, you know, going back and forth. It definitely feels like it was written in the style almost like a television series where you have your A, B, and C plot, and they're going to be going back and forth overall. You got your big A plot, which is Last Remains, and then this is the B plot, but it's tying into the A plot. And this, eventually... This felt- this felt, like something that, this felt like something that editorial like slapped onto Spencer's back. Like, you, like in the Sins of Norman Osborne one-shot, the, those plot points are the weakest ones. And then, like, they show up for no reason, and then mm-hmm. they come in, and it's not like I hated their presence. Like, I'm not one of those people who's just like, oh, I hate the Spider family by default. Right. But it felt like in this bit, they created the mini specifically so they could 
have the spider family do it. And it felt like Spencer's way of like shoving them off to the side. He's like, I don't want to do this. I want to focus on Peter yeah. here, here, Rosenberg, come here. You're at the office, right here. Help me write this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you live just down the street, you know, or you're, we're sharing a studio or whatever, you know, it, it, but it does feel like that this, this story arc did have to tie in because it's really enriching. Okay. This element of is the deal metaphorically being dealt with. And I think adding the Dr. Strange element, adding the black cat element, I thought was genius because she doesn't have her own book. It, it just, there was this, this felt much more intrinsic to the overall story than I think the character beats. And I love the character beats of hunted, but comparing those two, it's definitely, it's you're right. It, it I feel like this really felt, um, like it was a part guys overall grade for this section of the arc. Adam, if I can just cut in on that, that last part really quick sure. to answer Neil's question. I feel like the LR issues are more integral to the story of last rights, but I feel like the HU issues were better from a characterization standpoint. There you go. And when yeah. it comes back to rereading this, I'll probably reread last rights, just the main issues and leave the LRs out, but I will always go and reread that Gibbon story and the black cat story. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the issues I didn't care for was the last one with the vulture. Yep. Right. That, was, <laughs> that, that, one, was could have, that one could just be completely cut. Yeah. yeah that, but that, that's I mean, the arcade one, right? Yeah. It's part arcade and part vulture. Yeah. yeah so man. I think, I think maybe, I don't really want to say there was a backlash to the HUs necessarily because like they were really good from a character standpoint, mm -hmm. but I mean, maybe they looked at it from the perspective of we need to make these point issues more integral to the story this time. And I think this is the curse uh, and the, of the fact that we're having to slap amazing Spider-Man on all these books and not having a true blue spectacular Spider-Man title or an anthology series that that flows into amazing and not having that second title, you know, they want to keep the sales of amazing Spider-Man this high, but you can't really do that without, you know, sacrificing those sales and having that secondary title. I guess I had a massive bump, I think in November, like in terms of sales, like they, I think they broke over a hundred thousand for issue 50. Listen, I, you know, I think there was a lot of people that were excited for issue 50. The fact that it's, it had a ton of covers, so I think that also had an influence on it too. Uh, I, I have the Alex Ross cover, and I think it's awesome. Um, so definitely, you know, a, a good thing for Spider-Man. You know, if that translated to sales, hopefully, you know, retailers didn't overorder, especially in a climate like we are in right now, where these retailers are hurting. But I think there was a lot of initiative and incentive for them to order these books because it was an important aspect to the story. Excuse me. Um, also, speaking of covers, speaking of covers, yeah. oof, buddy, this is I, beautiful. Cover. I want this as a poster. I, I talked to my retailer, and she said, like, we've actually had people requesting Marvel to make this into a poster, I, and I, I think that'll be a they made it into a poster, it's available, and it may have, <clears throat> it may be something that you see sooner rather than later. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. Did, did anyone else bite on the uh. 
Mason store. Oh, I the, the the Virgin one. I considered it, but it was you know Christmas, and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't. So I saw that they did a red one. A it red doesn't. Look, I don't. I don't think it looks as good, but it looks fairly. But it's still a great cover, nonetheless. Well, the red one makes me think of Miles. Yeah, because <laughs> red wedding. I liked Bleeding Cool's idea that it was going to be like a negative version. Yeah, of this. like that would have been cool. Where maybe, maybe for the you have frame. white with the black, uh, black detailing. Which I think yeah. that's how he. I think that's how he drew it initially. Yeah. So for those that are are not that are listening and not watching, we're showing the cover to Last Remains issue fifty five, Legacy number eight fifty six. Um, this is the final, and I use that air quotes uh, part of Last <laughs> Remains because it's kind right. of. We'll we'll see this here in a second. So this issue uh, was already up at um, Austin Books on their uh, rare wall. Like when you geez. come into the store on the left, where they have all the, like the you know uh, what do they call showcase comics? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, next like to the this week. returns number one is this issue of Amazing Spider-Man already on the wall. Wow. Like I think I don't think it's they under ordered. I I don't think they under ordered. I just think that this issue was like so big that I don't think anyone could prepared for how many people were actually going to buy it. Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Cause I, I, I definitely want to want to discuss that. So last remains part six, uh, Nick Spencer, Patrick Gleason is back. We open with a black yeah cave. boy. <laughs> so yeah, Neil is super excited because Gleason's back. So we open up with, uh, all of the spider fam, uh, kind of, you know, knocked out and kind of KO'd. Looks like the only one that was kind of sort of awake looks like is Anya. Um, That's because they don't draw her eyes. They're just static. Yeah, her eyes are static. But we talk about... uh, So, basically, Shades of Spectacular 189 here. Harry, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Kendrick, is got everybody gathered around for a feast, and he's talking about Peter's need for a family. And he's monologuing to peter talking about how little orphan peter is you know desperate for for you know to reclaim something that he lost the family so uh gwen you know starts being super sassy and he's like oh be gone you're pretty obsessed you know you seem pretty obsessed but uh you know, maybe it's my unique perspective, but you don't remind me of her much at all, <laughs> which is true. It's true. It's Spencer using Kendrick to speak. I, I was gonna point. I was gonna point this out that, like, in the preview alone, like when it first released, um, someone pointed out that Spencer dunked on like no less than four big, um, you know, major criticisms of Spider-Man. Uh, the editorial had denied Peter like his his blood family right and so, he, and so he has this extended pantheon of you know the web warriors uh the overmans with spider characters uh gwen kind of makes a point that it's every time something bad happens in peter's orbit it's peter the editorial treats it like peter's fault yeah and that spider gwen acts nothing like the gwen stacy that harry knows so i'm not sure whether or not spencer meant to dunk on him that way or it was meant to be like that big of a jab but who so, knows? yeah, so basically, uh, Mary Jane starts to show up and, uh, you know, Harry's kind of giving Peter a lot of grief. Peter's still out of it. 
she opens the mausoleum and Peter is yelling for MJ to get out of there. Um, you know, Kindred's very excited to have her here. You know, you don't know how much it warms his cold heart to finally have all of us together again. So, uh, epic fight scene time. Let's go, baby. Hang on, hang on. Mary Jane goes, hi, Harry, which kind of like deflates <laughs> Kindred a little bit because he's like, oh, you know, um, do it for an old friend. And so Peter then just loses his effing mind he literally just busts out and starts beating the living tar out of out of uh kindred kindred's like you know about to kill peter in front of uh mary jane and she yells this for him to stop you know and he's like if you really want to have dinner harry then let's have dinner and so it's harry gets him to stop and meanwhile Norman is using is talking into a earpiece saying that she's in. And so Harry starts having dinner and they're talking about various things. And we get some flashback uh, panels that uh, I saw that good old Javi was talking about. And I'll pull one of them up here. Now, instead of reusing the panel, uh, I actually had to draw these panels. And so he's going back uh, to those particular issues and uh, but now I will say this: this caption box is wrong. Yep, it's not. It's ninety six, <laughs> not forty. <laughs> it's not ASM forty. It's ASM ninety six. Uh, I, I well, Nick Lowe, you've been so good. Hopefully, they'll correct that for the trade. Peter Osborne dynamic that was created in ASM forty. Yeah, and later reflected in ninety six. So it's. I told them to get a no prize. I love this double panel where you got you know Peter with one half the face. And Harry with the other half face. Oh yeah. Um, and there's you know this debate and discussion between Peter and Harry, and you know the fact that Harry's not masked right now, and you know uh, Peter's talking about he's trying to protect him, and Harry's like, look, he was my father. You know, you you're trying to protect yourself and your secret, and then it all happened at the bridge. Of course, uh, you know, at one point I had my Gwen Stacy falling off my shelf and you know needed <laughs> with the web line and this little snap crackle and pop. What is that Zach? <laughs> so sorry sorry <laughs> sorry for sorry Javi. Javi's a big Stacy fan. So uh needless to say, you know Kendrick continues to fight. Peter and Kendrick are going back and forth and and uh you know Kendrick's like you did this to me and we get a brief reference again to yes to friends, a brand and a brand new day. We don't know again. This is, you know, uh, and then one of the biggest plot points of this entire arc happens when Mary Jane says he doesn't remember. You see that he, you see that he, as angry as he is, he would say anything to right now for, to save all of us right now, please don't do this. Uh, you know, on the way here, I was thinking about, uh, that night before you before you went away, you were dressed as the goblin. You've been terrorizing us for weeks. You grabbed me and flew me up to the bridge. I was scared out of my mind. But then you said to, something to, to Mary Jane. Do you remember? I'd never hurt you. Never. You're my friend. One of my dear, the dearest friends I've ever had. And I believed you, Harry. I still believe you. So, you know, Harry's like you. Uh, you couldn't see it that night, and you still can't. He's death. Death and damnation for all of us. There's no so much I wish I could explain to you, but 
know this. It has to end now. And so Mary Jane says, and end it here right now. So she's talking about taking the responsibility and Harry's really not wanting to do this. And so, you know, isn't this simpler? Isn't it cleaner? And just, you know, Mary Jane's like, just promise that it ends with me. And then in uh, Norman goes, he can't storm and Norman, baby. Jojo pose. <laughs> That's enough fun <laughs> for now, boy. <laughs> so then, you know, obviously Kindred's distracted by Norman. <clears throat> you know, we get a brief reference to ASM 831 using the legacy numbering, not volume five numbering, Nick Lowe. Um, so then a uh, pumpkin bomb gets thrown. MJ gets exploded. And you know, Harry is very upset and uh, wasn't supposed he to be like full, this. He goes full null. Yeah, you ruined everything. I'll kill you. So uh, then Wilson Fisk shows up. This is the first time Gleason actually uh, illustrating Fisk. And the everything's collapsing on everything else. And then the final page fades to black. And so then... Tune in next week, folks, as we go into the, the real conclusion. The real conclusion and an entire arc <laughs> called Last Remains Postmortem uh, Part 1 was the fo- literally the following week. This came out the final week of 2020, and stay tuned for our... Yeah, it, came out, it came out the first week of January. No, this issue came oh, out the final week oh, of 2020. This, this one, yeah. Sorry. The, but- the next issue came out the first week of 2020. So we will be covering issue 56 and 57. And I think 58, we'll be covering those three issues two weeks from now when those do come out. Gentlemen, let's start with Greg Bashansky. Well, I was reading a lot of the feedback that this issue got, and there was a lot of disappointment out there, and I think people were expecting something that they were never promised. So that being said, the grade that I'm going to give this is a solid A. I love this issue. There was just so much going on within this issue. So many. I love the way the characters played off of each other. It was a, nut, a perfect sequel to 189, as we have discussed, Spectacular 189, as we have discussed over and over. I mean, I we're getting more allusions to one more day because Mary Jane clearly remembers something, which is, by the way, a nice middle finger to omit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so I definitely yeah. appreciated that. I appreciate it for a second there. <clears throat> nice. I, I definitely appreciated Har- Harry's point because let's be honest. Harry is right. I mean, there were so many better ways Peter could have handled the Norman situation at the end of issue 40. He was yep. concerned mostly by his own secret ident- identity. Granted, there's the Aunt May equation. He was afraid of the shock. But you know what? Harry maybe deserved to know what his father had become. Maybe his friends deserved to know that there was a monster in their midst. Maybe they could have gotten Norman help before things got worse and worse and worse. And I, and I think, oh, I'm sorry, Greg. I just wanted to interject on that because I was going to make that point in my own thing. But I think it's also kind of Spencer taking a look at how Marvel viewed mental health back in the 1960s yes. and 70s and addressing that because, like, that's not how you help someone just leaving them in their house. You take them right, to a yeah. hospital. Exactly. <laughs> and something else, another reason I'm keeping this in A, granted there's a part of me that said it. Mo- I mostly knew she was going to survive, but for a moment at the end, I thought 
did Norman do it again? Yeah. I mean, I was actually scared for MJ's life. For did he George did he George Washington Bridge another woman? Brooklyn oh, Bridge, no. but yeah. <laughs> well, it was. We're not having this debate again. No, we're not. We're not. No, we're he's not, got right? the same sort of hangup for dollar bills. But I, but, <laughs> but I had wondered. I, I had wondered. I was legitimately afraid for her life, and not in the did, is Marvel getting rid of the character they obviously want to get rid of. No, I wasn't thinking of it as an editorial thing. I was thinking of it in terms of its story, and I was scared for MJ's life. She's actually my favorite character in the Spider. For, in a Spider-Man mythos, and uh, I love that even with all of his power, Harry is still afraid of his father. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. We we kind of talk about that in the uh, in the uh, spectacular radio episode. That I definitely encourage everybody to check that out when we we discuss Final Curtain. There, um, Neil, your thoughts. I'm stuck between like an A minus and, and a straight A because you know, as as everyone knows, I am the Pat Gleason stand of this uh, little merry band of web warriors we have here, <laughs> um, and he definitely he definitely stepped it up for what was supposed to be the finale. Um, depending on how you view like you know the the mega arc of Last Remains and where it belongs, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get like an actual conclusion. <laughs> um, I've kind of learned to view this as like act two and sins rising yeah. is act one and post-mortem is act three. But as like, they, they made a big deal of, can you pull up the checklist Zach for 55 yeah. right here? All right. Yeah. So, so you've got, you've got this checklist. And so that implies a degree of finality and yes. we basically got baited and that kind of upset me. I'm not like it's not like going to kill my excitement for the book, but it's kind of like okay, well, this is editorial mucking around and get, making promises they can't keep, and so that kind of upset me a little. That Those said, <laughs> the, that said, the character shut up. This isn't web, <laughs> this is a Mark Webb film. Um, that that said, the character stuff was all perfectly in character. Very good callbacks to uh, various eras of, of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Ditko era. Or Lee Ditko, Demetrius, excellent use of continuity, um, and they actually. So, are we allowed to spoil the next issue? Because I'm going to wait for Zach to give a green light on whether or not we can spoil. So, yeah, Zach, real quick, can can we go a bit into next issue and the twist that happens in that issue regarding Norman? Uh, let's do that here in a minute. Let's get through the grades and just everybody's thoughts, and then we'll kind of use that as a tease for next episode. Okay. So I, I gave right. I gave my thoughts. All right. Let's go on to Adam. Sorry, I was being distracted by feminine wiles. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> um, she's my future wife. She's she's okay to do that every once in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, I give this I give this an A. I liked it a lot. Um. Woo! I thought the art was incredible. I I thought the story was the writing was just totally the whole thing was just so emotional and engaging. Uh, it it's just I mean I know people like Greg said like people had expectations for something that I'm not sure like they're necess- they've I mean they've been it's been hinted at, yes, but yeah. This seems like 
I, I mean, I get the disappointment of like not really following through with it, but I, I don't really mind because I, I thought the issue was really good. And like, I think I think that this is this is something that I think is going to be fully resolved way later. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be like a huge monumental thing if it is what we're all kind of thinking it is. And I'm not I'm not sure if like, you know, bringing it up now would necessarily, you know, be totally uh appropriate yet because like we're you know we we've basically finally set up like oh like okay this is kindred now this is what this is what he you know means to peter and we're Um, learning why yeah we still need to know like what happened to harry you know we haven't that hasn't been revealed yet but i'm sure that's coming that's that's yeah that's the intrinsic Um, question i think that's being left unanswered and i think that a lot of people were expecting a ton of answers but here it's nick spencer's not going anywhere right no yeah people were like people think he's gonna like leave tomorrow and it's like no he's it seems like he's set for the next year or two so i honestly think by the fall of next year Mm -hmm. we're gonna start getting some more answers because because we're going to be you know it seems like every year we're building and building and building and then boom the big event year one was was hunted year two is last remains year three is what last remains is going to set up right because it was set up throughout year one and then like year one was okay i've got to spend a year addressing x y and z but I also need to address, you know, something that was very near and dear to, to Spencer's heart, which was making Craven's last hunt relevant again. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. um, this feels like okay. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I'll get to that in a minute. But I, I want to uh, let you finish there, Adam, and, and so you give it an A. What are your other thoughts? Um, oh yeah, the one thing that I thought kind of fell a little flat was when Harry's like, "Oh, you didn't have a family, so you're like creating this spider family, or however he says it." I know it's not quite how he says it, but I sure. felt like, uh, I mean, I I get the sentiment, but he's not Batman, you know. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought that fell a little flat, but I, you know, it, it's not too bad. I mean, I kind of I kind of get it, like, but it's it's you know peter's always kind of been you know a loner and it it is nice i guess that he's got like some people that are you know that have his back but that's also i think what the supporting cast is for like particularly mary jane and uh aunt may if she ever finds out again and uh well i think that's that's probably in the cards in in year three but like but i don't i don't totally hate that it's just I, i i just thought it was a little odd but yeah, uh, the issue is is solid. I think it's a good like, it's a good pseudo ending, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the the art is the art is great. I'm glad that we have uh, Gleason going forward if he's gonna keep uh, delivering like this. So yes, I'm, I'm, I think I go, going off of the spider suit. I'm hoping that he pulls that off in the next arc because he's because after number right. sixty, he's coming immediately back for number sixty one, right? That's true. Yeah, uh, I yep. think so. Yep. All right. Javier, his first time. 
What's your grade? A plus. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! <laughs> a plus. So it was a very over. Obviously, it was overcast. It was rainy. It was a rainy day when this book came out, and I I went to the comic shop, got in my car, didn't go anywhere, and I read the book. I don't know if I've ever done that. I was that excited to see where this story was going. And I totally get everyone's disappointment in certain aspects of the storytelling. And I can, I totally know why they feel that way. And it's and totally reasonable for them to feel that way. But I was so anticipating just what was going to happen in this issue and yeah, we didn't get the answers that we were looking for, but like it's all starting to really come together. And there was such a great sense of drama. And and like like I mentioned to a little bit earlier, like I, I started reading Spider-Man at the beginning of Amazing Spider-Man, thanks to Marvel Tales. Yeah. So when one more day happened, it broke the illusion like this was all one big long story for me. Like, like I saw him in high school, college, got married and, and that shattered that illusion. Like I felt the hand of editorial interference for the first time. So everything that's been going on in this current volume of amazing Spider-Man has, has been so tied back to those old issues and not even just from amazing, but from spectacular from, um, Oh, what was it? Web spinners, yeah. Uh, web spinners? Uh, what, what, yeah, web spinner. Uh, if you're talking web about spinners. volume two, like yeah, that if, was. If you're talking that, about like the uh, the mysterious stuff with web spinners, yeah, like, yeah. the chameleon story and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I mean, he's touching on all these things and making it feel like such a big tapestry. And then, as I realized as you were talking about it, Zach, like that uh, editor's note said, like ASM eight fifty three, not volume four number thirty or whatever. But like it used the legacy numbering, like it makes it feel like this is one giant. What are we at right now? Eight hundred and fifty-eight issue story. Yeah. So there's so many callbacks to stuff that I read thirty years ago. That I mean, I was just in heaven seeing it all come together. I was having the feeling like I did at the um, end of the the second Clone Saga with Revelations. Like finding out that Norman was behind everything and, and reading Peter Parker's Spider-Man 75. Like there wasn't, there wasn't the finality of that issue, mm -hmm. but I had the feeling of that that excitement of, and that sense of epic storytelling from this. And when that bomb went off and it's just that full page panel of Mary Jane being hit by the blast, I stopped reading for a good 30 seconds. And it was just like, what just happened? Like, did they kill her? Like, they can't have killed her again. Yeah. And I was like, do I regret, you know, ordering that Pat Gleason cover? Because now I'm going to hate this comic if she's dead. on his autograph. Like, I, I, I didn't know what to do in that moment. And then I pressed on. I was like, oh, okay, she's still there. It's all right. But I, I was tense. Yeah, I'm, I felt that way. Not just in a, a Spider-Man comic, but like any comic in a long time like that so i mean just the art was great 
The writing was great. I loved Harry's dig at Gwen. Like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of like fan stuff that feels like it's like fans are speaking through certain characters. Yeah. But the fact that Gwen's retort, you know, it's, it's, but spare us the speech about how it's all about him. None of us asked him for a permission slip. It's like, no, like, yeah. yeah. For he her, had- she's the original, like he in her, didn't inspire yeah. her to be spider Gwen. Like she did it and he died. Yeah. Like to her, this is all just, well, crazy town banana pants. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 come on. Of her universe. So yeah. no, yeah. Peter didn't. She's not doing this because Peter did it first. So I like that he kept. He kept the balance. He made it feel true to the char- each character's perspective, which I yeah. really really appreciated from someone who does enjoy reading Miles and did enjoy reading Spider Gwen when she had a book. Um, so, I mean, I was, I was just happy and I've been happy with the next two as well, but I guess <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. So it's down to me, uh, cause I'm not expecting Paul to be back, but I'm going to give this a solid a, um, this was a reasonable conclusion and I, I feel like that one of the inherent problems is, is like what Neil talked about. There felt like that for a lot of people, there was going to be a breaking point, that this was an inflection point. However, this is really the end of, the, of year two. If, if you're looking at, at the to- tonality of the entire run, the first 25 issues are the end of act one. The next building to the next 25. And now we're in the beginning of year three, right? And we've added a bunch of extra issues. We're, this is this really felt like the season finale of the amazing Spider-Man for the the run. This leaves you breathless, it leaves you pulse pounding, it gets personal. The thing that I've always enjoyed and I really enjoyed about JM, JMD Mateus's run was that there is a personal aspect to Harry and Peter. Amen. The, th- that was lost in his death. And it, it, it all crescendoed to this death. And it was a beautiful death. And I love that they're bringing that element back through what happened with Harry and it doesn't diminish what because Harry's return was I mean I remember being on crawl space and going I waited a year and 36 issues and it's a basically an offhand Mysterio thing you bring in the molten man to distract us but we're really setting up for the Mysterio arc that happens in three weeks and that wasn't an explanation it was just saying oh yeah it was Mysterio just kind of hand waving it away I'm sorry but there has been certain deaths in Spider-Man's history that are the greatest deaths. Uncle Ben, Gwen Stacy, Captain Stacy, Norman, yeah, Captain Stacy, Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn, Craven the Hunter. Those are six deaths that are just integral. So the element of everything that happens with Peter Parker's life is surrounded by death 
is an incredible concept to really explore. And, you know, Matt Bird in the comments uh, said, I'm sure glad you guys are addressing the problem with suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts on these issues. People will benefit when rewatching it on your YouTube channel, which thank you, Matt Bird. Um, but the concept of death and Spider-Man is hand in hand. It's why I feel like there is something missing from the MCU. And I wish Paul was here to debate me a little bit on that. The, the fact is, is that Spider-Man and death go hand in hand because that's life. You have people in your life, whether you went to school with them, whether you worked with them, whether you, and especially in a year of 2020 and 2021, literally this past week, I had two members of my church pass away back to back. And we had three members and I have a very small congregation that I'm a part of. And at the end of 2020, we lost three members, three. If, if you're looking at each member as a pillar, um, losing that is soul crushing. And they're just, they're just members of your church family. They're not even necessarily members of your family or they're members of your extended family of your family on the other side. In one case, you know, there's been a lot of people that have lost a lot of loved ones this year. But one of the themes of Spider-Man is responsibility, but also perseverance and endurance and carrying on. And look, Mary Jane looks like she's going to die, but you know what? The difference between now and then now and then, was I wasn't being sold an agenda disguised as a story. The, the, the plot is driving the characters, or excuse me, the characters are driving the plot, not the plot driving the characters. That is the intrinsic difference between now and really we haven't, and yes, we have saw it at times with JMS, when he stripped everything down to the studs and was rebuilding Peter Parker, MJ and Aunt May. But again, he was building these three pillars, but he really wasn't adding a lot of meat to the rest of it because of editorial influence and stuff going on outside of a ASM here. It feels like we're building up the pillar of Harry being a arch villain and Norman. We're getting into the psychology of Norman. And let's face it, Norman went to some bonkers places over the last 20 years. And at one point, he was an Avengers villain that was an arthropod and was like shape-shifting and crap. I mean, what the hell is that? No, Norman Osborn works best as a villain. And Harry also, if you're going to make Harry a villain, which I always said, if you're going to bring Harry back, he should be a villain, not a friend. Or a friend, a frenemy, if you will. They didn't do anything with Harry for, for 10 years. And when they did do anything with the Osbournes, they brought back Emily for reasons. Okay. But Nick Spencer has my attention. Now. I So that's why I got to give it an A. So um, just to go through the comments real quick. Uh, Nick says it was necessary talking about the, uh, the quickening... <laughs> Vinkman says there can only be one. I made that joke. Uh, a great 
teaching moment on a sensitive topic uh, about the suicide. And uh, he, Nick, he agreed with Adam that it was a solid A. And so, um, I, you look, I think that there's a lot of people that are still, that are still going, okay, what's next? What is next? Well, what's next is the postmortem. And I can tell you that from the two issues that we've gotten, beautiful artwork by Bagley, by Mark Bagley returns. Neil, you kind of wanted to touch upon this a little bit. So kind of let's keep it somewhat vague because we don't want to get too far into spoilers for those that haven't read it yet. Um, yeah, so not a whole not a whole lot I want to say just because I want to keep it spoiler free. But um, I think it definitely helped that like Norman is like Norman's on like five different layers of just as planned. Like he he planned <laughs> to get shot by Sin Eater. He planned to get MJ's trust and then he planned to go he planned for Sinita to uh kill himself just as MJ was going in. Hang on. So yeah, I mean if anybody would have a Machiavellian point to like plan and I, I plan for all contingencies, I mean Greg, you can you can, can chime in on this. It would be Norman Osborne. Even yeah. as saying Norman Osborne cannot get away from his Machiavellian tendencies. I believe and, it with Osborne. With 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 Norman, it, Norman is so about the plan that he, he falls in getting away with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you you wonder if he can continue getting away with it, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you literally plan for everything. And granted, there's a big twist that happens in the next issue. The post mortem, I thought, was very interesting. I was glad that we didn't have to to wait a long time between the issues. So I was very appreciative of that. We get three issues for January. So we're going to have uh, 56, 57 and 58 February uh, 59 and 60 kind of feels like it's wrapping up the post-mortem arc. And then we get the new suit with issue 60. So uh, we'll definitely be talking about that as a topic for next week's show. Uh, but yeah, anybody thinks that this is over trust me it's just begun mm -hmm. that's where nick spencer has me drawn in and again if you haven't checked this out i highly encourage you to pick up the trades the uh this trade the last remains and the uh last rights are going to be available i think in february if you haven't checked picked up these trades yet i highly encourage you to go back on, Car on Marvel Unlimited, read everything building up to this. This month, I think uh, the October issues are going to be coming out You know, over the weeks. So definitely go on Marvel Unlimited if you haven't checked this out. Catch up on the run and then just start from here because it's just getting really good. Really good. So, I, Can I ask a real question? It, it's, sure. one, it's one that I ask with a bit of sincerity. Um, how, far is, how, how far can Spencer test our patience though because i i'm enjoying the run so far but the the, I, cry, the cries from people who legitimately have like are like okay get to the point i th i think yeah. that those those questions are genuinely valid in their question of can can something please be resolved now because we have like 11 different plot points yeah. and some of them need to be addressed and I, I think that this one being like the pillar of, of Spencer's run being, it focuses on Peter uh, kindred and MJ. 
this felt like it needed to, and that's why people I think are so upset is because they basically got a cliffhanger instead of like a yeah, it's true. Like a, instead of like a big revelation when they promise like oh it'll make you think differently about Peter Parker and I, I do think that like Spencer needs to address some plot points in year three. Yes, he will. I, I I think that that again when we get to the final part of of the postmortem, I think there will be a soft conclusion where we can kind of put a couple of things to bed for right now. Um, I just think that they should have advertised it more as this big trilogy that kind of wraps up your, you know, we're starting into, I feel like, um, and, and if you haven't read the review on spidey-new.com for last week's issue, uh, go, go read, uh, Brian, uh, review. Cause it says, something that i really feel is is true this felt like this that last week felt like the season premiere because okay you know we had we had everything delayed because of the pandemic and we lost essentially two and a half months so we're catching up february we're going to be caught up to where we would have been at the end of 2020 and then you know this new costume whatever it really means is you know kind of jumping forward it's interesting uh, the thing is is i get what they're saying especially with the teases in this in this arc um it starts making you go okay you're 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 finally doing it this 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 dark cloud for people like javi that have read spider-man from the beginning love spider-man understand spider-man better than most people that you know, our lovers of Tom DeFalco and J.M. DeMatteis and, and Roger Stern and Stan Lee and Jerry Conway. And also you got the whole generation that's like, okay, I like J.M. I love J.M.S. run up until the end. You know, th- there's a lot of people that started with slot and sl- started with brand new day. And so by starting to slowly address things, I think Harry's a big thing they're going to address. I think the marriage question is going to be something that, that we're going to address that they're going to address. I think we've gotten more teases. I think if you go back and look at issue 29 with the ring, mm-hmm. a process. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that, so, that, that's going to be oh, I think, addressed in, in issue 60. I'm hoping knock on wood just looks like by the cover and we'll go from there. But I, I really think that by the end of February, We'll have a we'll have some of a sense of where we're going. It is interesting though. There is a a um, bit of a symmetry, a fearful symmetry, if you will. In fact, I can do that uh, <laughs> here in a second. But uh, oh, where's it at? Oh, it, so so Zach, you mentioned um, like there the idea that this is that issue fifty five was like the season finale. And, yeah, and I'm going to use I'm, I'm going to use logistics that only Javi and I will understand. The finale of Star Trek Discovery season two, where the Discovery is going into the time vortex, and then it cuts. To, season three just opens with Burnham falling through the time vortex. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it reminds me of. It, going off of that allegory. Yeah, it's very much like if you uh, Javi's old enough to remember Smallville, like when they had the tornado and 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 the first season. <laughs> Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of that, or or I mean, I'm just trying to think of comic book allegory. Uh, the season, the end of season one of Flash, you know, where um, you finally address the big bad, and then the trickster, 
<laughs> it was me, Barry. It was me all along. It was you know, or or the end of Empire, you know, strikes back with with Darth Vader saying, "No, mm-hmm. I am your father." You know, to me, it's like, <laughs> where's Paul? Yeah, where's Paul when you need him right there? But but no, he's Doc I, Samson. He got better. Okay, my my allegories are about, about like this. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just bad, uh, or crickets. Um, so it sounded like birds. You tried. Hey, I got them for free. They were included mm. with the soundboard. Um, I will give you some new sound effects. Just give just, me like ten minutes. Okay, but. Again, I just feel like that there's a bit of finality. I can't wait to cover the next three issues next oh, yeah. in a couple of, a couple of weeks. But next week, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to cover some news, maybe have some debate. We'll have more of that guy below me, uh, Paul. Um, everybody, obviously, is welcome to come back on. We'll, we'll talk about some potential things that may or may not have been confirmed. Charlie Cox! <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll we'll discuss and debate and have some good things happening, but truthfully, I am so thankful for you guys. I'm so, 2020 was a great year for this website and this show. We started this show. I'm so happy to have everybody here. I'm I'm loving the fact we're bringing more with ASM Classics and Greg at from Erie. If you haven't followed that uh, Twitter handle, I might encourage you to do so if you're a fan of gargoyles. Um, it's the worst kept secret we have, but it's fine. Uh, but yes, <laughs> gentlemen, once again, thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already, go to patreon.com and uh, check us out there. We're going to wrap the episode up there. Of course, go to patreon.com slash network. It's patreon.com slash network. Support the website. Every every dollar is going back into the website. And we really appreciate Vinkman. I think he's still watching. If you are, Vinkman, thank you again for being a part of it. Uh, I'm going to be reaching out uh, this, to the people that got stuff. We are going to be sending that out uh, this next week. I wanted to get through the holidays so that way didn't, things didn't get lost in the mail and get lost out there. So be sure to, again, to listen to our favorite shows like ASM Classics. Spectacular Radio, Clone Saga Chronicles, and uh, this one, the Spidey Dude Experience. Be sure to, uh, if you want to, again, want to be a part of the show, you can always leave us a voicemail at 818-925-6631. We will be playing those live on our finale of Spectacular Radio, but we want to play more here. So we'll see you guys next week as we cover more things. Also, if you want to follow us on our social medias, at Spidey Dude Radio is Twitter at Spidey Dude Network on Instagram and Facebook, as well as Twitch. We'll see you guys soon, and we thank you for watching and listening to the Spidey Dude Experience.